welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. This morning we are going to continue and finish, continue and finish our series called Follow. We are at the back end of our series. Uh, it's the very last part. And if you missed any of the previous parts, this is part eight. So if you've missed any of the previous seven, get on iTunes and you can download the messages free of charge. Or you can go to our website and download the messages free of charge. It's up to you. But to get everyone on the same page, we're going to quickly review the series in about a minute. How does that sound? Uh, week number one, we talked about everyone is invited to follow Jesus. It's an open invitation. Remember that? No? Listen to the podcast. Second week was the invitation to relationship. Not church, not a religion, but a relationship with Jesus. We looked at the fact that being a sinner is a prerequisite to following Jesus, which puts us all on an even playing field. You have to be a sinner in order to start following Jesus. Jesus does not start with Christianity. He starts with sinners, those that are far from God. So if you feel like you're far from God and unworthy, you are a great candidate to start following Jesus. Jesus. The goal of following Jesus, we learned, is to have an overwhelming sense of faith, to overcome fear and to overcome doubt. We learned uh, also that uh, all followers dress alike. We are called to be clothed with patience and humility and love and kindness. We also learned that eventually following Jesus will cost you something. And it's at that moment you will know whose you really are. And last week, we looked at the fact that followers are great leaders. And great leaders leverage their authority to help and to serve others. It's been a great series so far. We're going to conclude today. And the title of my message today is Unfollow. Unfollow. See, when you're following Jesus, no matter who you are, eventually sometime in your walk, you are going to be tempted to unfollow Jesus. You might be traveling along really well. Everything may be going really well. You may be enjoying the praise and the worship and God is prospering you and you are finding that you are the head and the tail and you say, gee, Christianity is indeed the best thing that has ever happened to me. I don't know why everyone's not a Christian. This is awesome. But eventually sometime in your Christian walk, sometime in your following of Christ, you are going to get to this place where your prayers are not answered the way you wanted them to be answered. You're going to get to this place where it feels like the heavens are brass, where you don't feel like you are the head, you feel like you're the back end. You don't feel like you're prospering, you feel like you're failing. And it's at that moment you're going to be tempted to hit the unfollow button. What do I mean by that? All of you have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Well, I shouldn't say all of you, but most of you are familiar with modern technology and uh, the uh, social networks that are available out there. And basically, if you like someone, you push follow. But if you don't like them anymore, you push unfollow. Has anyone here ever unfollowed someone that they used to like, but they don't like anymore? In other words, there was a moment you were happy to follow them, but then they said something, they did something, they, they just, and you didn't like it. And you're I'll show you and I'll hit the unfollow button. You've done it, haven't you? Can I just stand before you all and say this? I've never unfollowed anyone. But plenty of people have unfollowed me, let me tell you that. 
I'm like, where did they say it? Someone's saying, oh, have you heard, seen, seen the photos of someone? I'm like, no, I haven't. I look, oh, I'm not their friend anymore. <laughs> I'm not lots of people's friends anymore. That's your moment to go, oh. But I have never unfriended anyone. The invitation is still there to be my friend. <laughs> Kirsty, be my friend. Do you want to be my friend? We will all be tempted to follow Jesus. We're not, going to, we're not going to unfollow Jesus when it's going well. But what about when it's not going well? We're not going to follow, stop following Jesus when he's speaking over us words of life and joy and prosperity and peace. We're not going to be tempted at that moment. But what about when he's talking to somebody else and not us? What about when he says, get behind me, Satan? Unfollow. No matter who you are or where you are in life, eventually sometime you're going to be tempted, as I have been, to want to unfollow Jesus. And before you do the unfollow button, we need to answer one of life's most important questions. And the younger we are when we answer this question, the better. And so I'm going to turn to the book of John, John was one of the eyewitness accounts, the eyewitnesses of all that Jesus did and all that Jesus said, and he wrote it in letter form to us as an eyewitness. And in John chapter 6, I want to read, but before I read, I want to give you a bit of background, because just before the portion of Scripture that I'm about to read, we see that Jesus did an incredible miracle. There are a whole heap of people... Some 5,000 men. That's not including women and children. And it was late in the day and Jesus, as an act of kindness and generosity, did a miracle and fed the 5,000 men that were there that day. And in order to escape the crowd because he needed some space, he got in a boat. He went to the other side of the lake People got wind of that and, and went around by other means and, and met up with Jesus again. And there he was confronted with more people and a large crowd yet again. And there they were saying, hey, Jesus, do that thing that you did over there. Do another miracle. Give us another sign. Why, why don't you do that thing again? We love it when you do the miracles. And Jesus doesn't do a miracle, but he begins to teach them. And because he'd done a miracle involving bread, he began to compare himself to the bread and the miracle that had just happened. Jesus was incredibly relevant and he was incredibly brilliant at taking moments and things that had just happened and then teaching into it. And so here they are, they're all full in their bellies because of the bread they've just eaten. And so he starts saying, hey, I am the bread of life. And he starts doing a teaching about being the bread of life. I'm the bread of heaven. And now the crowd is saying, whoa, 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 you're not the bread of life. You're not the bread of heaven. We know who you are. We know your parents. We know your brothers. We know your sisters. You're not the bread of heaven. What do you want about? Just do some more miracles, please. And Jesus continues to ignore their advances and just teaches some more. But his teaching gets more and more weird. 
Yes, I said weird. Because not only did he compare himself to bread, but he went on to say that as the bread of life, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. The crowd right now are grabbing their children's ears and eyes. They are terrified. They are horrified that here he is condoning cannibalism. And they're getting really nervous. And that's why I want to pick up the story. John chapter 6, verse 60 says, On hearing it, many of his disciples... Now, the disciples is beyond just the 12. This is that larger group of followers of Jesus. Many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man descend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and they no longer followed him. They hit the unfollow button. Only moments earlier, they went to great lengths to get to the other side of the lake to be with him. And because he wouldn't dance for them, because he wouldn't do another miracle for them, they hit the unfollow button. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. The disciples that have made great efforts and gone to great lengths to follow Jesus and to be with him at that moment didn't like his teaching. They were grossed out about his cannibalistic teaching. Jesus had more than just the 12 disciples. This was a much larger group. And many of the much larger group decided that they just didn't like what he was saying. They were happy with the miracles. They were happy with the parables. Even though they didn't understand them, they, they liked his little stories. And at that moment, they didn't want a hard teaching. They just wanted signs and wonders, and, 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 and they would have even been happy with a parable they didn't understand. They said, Jesus, tell us that parable again about the blessed of the cheesemakers or something, whatever it was. Tell us that one again. Let's, let's do the cheesemaker thing. But this teaching, the teaching you're giving right now, is pretty hard. In actual fact, who can accept it? That was the masses of disciples. But within the masses of disciples were the 12 disciples, otherwise known as the apostles. And they were getting nervous. And I imagine at that moment, they, they, they wanted to call Jesus aside and go, Psst, Jesus. Remember we looked at that last time? Psst, Jesus, come here. I, I, don't know, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jesus, but your words are making people nervous. And I don't know if you noticed, but some of us are starting to leave. 
How about you just give him a sign? And Jesus, unperturbed by it all, says, does this offend you? In other words, it's possible to be offended and it not be Jesus' fault. In other words, someone can say something to you and because you're offended doesn't mean the person has said something wrong. It's just that you're offended because you didn't like it. Jesus is saying, are you offended? Is this too much for you? You don't want all of me, you just want some of me. And at this, many, says many, not some, many of his disciples left him. They unfollowed Jesus at that moment. They loved the miracles, they loved the signs, they loved the wonders, they didn't mind the parables, but eating your flesh, we're done. We're finished. We're out of here. And the whole time, the 12 are watching and listening. They're watching the crowd leaving and they're listening to Jesus. Watching the crowd listening. Watching the crowd listening. And they're getting more and more nervous. And as more and more people are leaving, I think the disciples are sitting there now saying, maybe we should leave too. Maybe we should unfollow Jesus, like many others here today are unfollowing Jesus. And in the midst of all this going on, Jesus never backs off. He never backs down. He never changes his mind nor his words. He sees disciples leaving, says, this offend you. Does this offend you? He doesn't get nervous with people leaving. In actual fact, he puts the pressure on those that are closest to him. And now he doesn't turn just to the disciples, but he turns to the 12. And he asks them this question, you don't want to leave too, do you? There's never been a more secure person on the planet than Jesus. That he can see people leaving and then he turns to those that are closest to him and says, you're not thinking of leaving too, are you? Now here's the thing about Jesus and the disciples knew this, you don't lie to him. You can't lie to him. Not because lying's a sin, but because Jesus knows not only when you're lying, but he knows what you're about to say before you even say it. So he asks you a question before you even ask the question. And he messes with your head. So they can't lie. And this moment is relevant not just to the 12, but it's relevant to all of us. This moment when we're in the state of flux, do we follow or do we unfollow is relevant to all of us because a day will come when we want to hit the unfollow button. And what you need to know is that very few ever unfollow Jesus because it's not true. We never choose to unfollow Jesus because we don't believe it. 
We usually choose to unfollow Jesus because it's just getting a little bit too hard. The most likely times that we're going to want to unfollow Jesus is in times of trouble, times of temptation, and times of transition. Those three areas in our life are the times that we are most likely going to want to unfollow Jesus. And if you can recognize the time that you're in, it's going to help you hold your line better. A time of transition between high school into university. A time of transition. Meeting professors that are saying things that you never heard before and it's just a time of transition for you. You're going to be very susceptible at that moment to want to unfollow Jesus. In times of temptation, when a young man sees a young girl and there's no one home and there's this temptation and it's like, oh, as a follower of Jesus, I should say no, but she's beautiful and, and you're going to want to push the unfollow button. Not because you don't believe, but because you want the girl. The girl wants the boy. And it's in times of trouble when you have some losses in life be it the loss of a loved one, the loss of a house, the loss of a job, the loss of something that's near and dear to you. It's in these times that we are very susceptible and we're going to want to push the unfollow button. But before we push the unfollow button, I want you to ask yourself three very important questions. Because Peter's answer is profound in helping us hold our line. He essentially asks himself three questions and the three, these are three questions that we need to answer, or sorry, ask ourselves and get an answer to before we push that unfollow button. And the first question that Peter asks himself is this, when asked by Jesus, do you, you don't want to leave too, do you? Peter says this, if not you, then who? He answers Jesus with these words, to whom shall we go? And this is often a question people never ask themselves until it's too late. What Peter was saying is, yes, I, yeah, yeah, I want to go with them. Yes, I want to leave. Yes, I'm scared. Yes, I'm nervous. But to whom can I go? To whom can I go? If I back away from you, then who? For you have the words of eternal life, he goes on to say. And you are the Holy One of God. See, saying no to Jesus is to say yes to somebody else. You don't just say no to Jesus without replacing Jesus with somebody else. And Peter knew that. And his dilemma was, yes, it's tough, but who else can I go to? If you choose not to follow Jesus, you will choose to follow someone else. And at times it does get hard to follow Jesus. And maybe that's true for you right now. But before you walk away, 
Ask yourself this question. If not you, then who? Who else is the Holy One of God? Who else has the words of eternal life? He then says this. If not this, then what? If not this, then what? So if you have the words of eternal life, I can't give up on that. Who else is offering that? If not this, then what? If not you, then who? If not this, then what? What else am I going to follow? Peter reminds himself at this moment of the benefits, even in the midst of confusion. You see, every one of us has been invited to a bigger story. It's better to die for something than to live for nothing. Yes, it might be tough right now. Yes, you may not have all the answers, but leave Jesus? No way. What are you going to do if you don't follow Jesus? What are you going to do if we don't do this? Eat food? Get married? Have some kids? Sleep? Get old? Die? What else are we going to do? You say, oh, but Tony, you don't understand. This young girl, she's just beautiful. She's like, wow. I'm saying, that's great, but for how long? She might be wow now, but let's add 10 years to that. Let's add 20 years to that. Let's add 30 years to that. Let's add 40 years to that. Let's add 50 years to that. Let's add 60 years to that. Let's add 70 years to that. Let's add 80 years to that. Is it still wow? Or is it wow? If not you, then who? If not this, then what? Before you decide to unfollow, you've got to ask yourself, if not Jesus, then who? If not Christianity, then what? And the last question is simply this. If not now, when? See, Peter that day drew a line in the sand. Essentially saying, today is the day. See, following Jesus is not all about you and your comfort. And I'm here to tell you today, you can't just keep giving in the moment life gets tough. There comes a time in life where you have to say, if I don't make a stand now, then when am I going to? And Peter said, you know what, today's that day. I'm making my stand, come what may, today is the day that I make a stand. And even though others are leaving, I'm going to stand my ground. Because the sooner you make that stand, the less regret in life you have. I really do believe that every disciple that left Jesus that day, 
eventually, sometime into their future, would have wished they could have come back to that day and did something different. I think every disciple that walked away, be it five months from that day, five years from that day, or 50 years from that day, would have wished they could have gone back to that day and not unfollowed Jesus. See, we see this all the time. People just walking away at the simplest of things. We have young people, they have an absolute ball in youth. They go through their high school, then they go to university. And they start hearing things from their professor that they've never thought about or heard about before. It's a time of transition and it causes them to want to unfollow. But what you need to understand is this, that your professor may be smarter than you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's righter than you. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's wiser than you. And we see many people, they just go off and do their life only sometime eventually into the future wanting to come back and praise God for the day they come back. But often it's with a lot of hurt, a lot of baggage, a lot of pain. And thank God for that day they can come back. But how much better if we could just stand and stay our line in the first place. If you are here having walked away from God, then thank God you're here today. We celebrate that. We rejoice at that. But I don't know anyone who's ever made their way back without saying, I wish I'd never gone in the first place. So if not now, when? As the musicians come, I want to conclude with this thought. That you may not have all the answers. But that doesn't mean there isn't an answer. It just means that you don't have it yet. And that's why you've got to wait around long enough to get the answers that are coming your way. You would be making a foolish decision if you unfollow Jesus. Where's God? Why hasn't he come through for me? I don't know. But they are questions that I've had to ask and get comfortable with not having an answer to in my life. And as a man who has been tempted like you, to hit that unfollow button many times in my life, I want to say this. I'm so glad I've stood my ground. I'm so glad when tempted to push that unfollow button, I've never had to do it. Because I found such wisdom and solace and grace and peace and joy 
through asking myself these three questions over and over again. If not you, then who? If not this, then what? If I don't make a stand now, then when? Don't make a move. Don't hit that unfollow button until you know who and what. Following Jesus will eventually cost you something. Salvation is free. But following Jesus, it's eventually, sometime into the future, going to cost you something. Following Jesus eventually, sometime into the future, is going to get just a little bit tough. And when it's tough, you're in times of trouble, facing times of temptation, or in a season of transition, you're going to want to push that button. And before you do, ask yourself these three questions. If not you, then who? If not this, then what? And if I don't make a stand now, then when? This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.